Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame. When I consider all your commands, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Let's get started this morning. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday right here in in America. And for some of you, that doesn't mean much. Uh, But for others tonight, the big game is something that you enjoy. Perhaps you've been looking forward to it. Uh, You like watching the Super Bowl. And so for those who are interested, those who are participating in in the game tonight, um, what you're going to be seeing tonight is a lot of culture on display. The Super Bowl is a massive cultural moment uh, for us to to participate and observe as as Americans. And uh, you know, if if you part if you partake in this whole experience, what you will see is actually a lot of civil religion on display. Like, like a secular religion. It's going to be all over the place. The Super Bowl is an organized religious event. Civil religion on display. You are going to see tons of rituals and traditions, okay? People wear special garments. They put on jerseys and hats. And, and uh, uh, perhaps many will purchase uh, uh, food and drink. You know, special foods, you know, the the bread in the cup and and in the pregame shows, you're going to see a lot of testimonies and a lot of these little videos of these players perhaps overcoming the odds and and how they made it to the, the big game. Uh, uh, you'll see preludes and fanfares, invocations of calling people together. The pulpit is going to have two guys with headsets on, and there's going to be lay leaders down on the field, and everybody's going to be common, uh, giving commentary and, and, and preaching a little bit about what's going on in, in the field. There's tons of symbolism, and, and uh, you know, the commercials, of course, say they elevate the old gods of, of money, power, entertainment, consumerism, overindulgence, and, and so on. And who knows what the Super Bowl halftime show is even going to be like this year. Who knows? Uh, we're all holding our breath. Uh, I feel like every year um, we have like a, a what was that kind of moment. Um, so we have to wait and see uh, what the halftime show uh, is even like. Is it even worth watching this this year? <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday, it is a cultural moment for us. Now, in our freedom in Christ, watching the Super Bowl, absolutely, it can be a good family time. It, it can be a fun time, a, a time of fellowship. And watching the big game, it can bring refreshment to us. But also and always, discernment is 
needed as we engage. Discernment is needed as we engage. And discernment is the ability to distinguish. The word discern, it comes from a Latin word that, that essentially means to separate. As kids, we learn discernment when we, when we draw. Uh, we have a box of crayons, Crayola, and it's like, okay, discern, pick out what color you, you want, okay? But, uh, you know, life gets super complicated as we grow up, and, and learning how to, to do this thing called discernment, it does get more tricky as we get older. Every day is filled with countless choices. But the good news is, as we walk in Christ, as we follow the Holy Spirit and we and we uh, we allow God to train us and teach us and we allow the church to come into our lives and and, and you know we're engaging with the word and, and all of these good things as we participate God is cultivating God uses all of these tools to cultivate us in our Christian growth and one of these areas that we grow in is discernment and it's totally a God thing it is a spirit thing One author writes, the Holy Spirit will prompt us in the right direction as we learn to hear his voice and respond in obedience. So it's through our prayer times. It's it's through the word, through Christian counsel. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. The Holy Spirit nudges us. And and none of us, you know, we're not good decision makers overnight, but it does, it's a process. It, It takes a while. We we, we, we're going to fail. We're going to slip up. We're going to make bad decisions. Okay. But, but discernment is one of those areas that, you know, as we grow in Christ, you know, we will get better at being able to, to separate things out, to make those, the, you know, discernment, you'll, you'll be able to look back on your life and, and see, you're like, oh, wow, like I am making better decisions in my life. I hope that is I hope that is true. But God is there. He is, he is cultivating us. He is, he's, he's shaping us. He is leading us. That's who our God is. And so as we engage in life, discernment is always an ongoing activity. Now, I know sometimes, you know, you, you do your best to make a decision. Okay? You, you do your best. You really weigh things out. You do your best to make the right decision, but then life just comes and bites you in the butt anyways. I know that happens. I've been there a thousand and four times. Um, but yes, you know, uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth. Uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth. Macbeth expresses this, this dark view of life. He says, life is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Okay. As Christians, in our daily discernment process, we get to counter that view every day. All right? Life might come back and bite us. We might say, all right, this is all meaningless. This is all a waste of time. Life is a joke. But as Christians, as we discern, we can cut through that. And we can say, no, life is not meaningless. Every single day, we can make this great choice, and that is to say yes to Jesus, yes to life in Jesus. We serve a risen Savior, and that means we are carriers of hope. We are messengers of hope. We can be agents of hope on this planet. 
And I think if there's any institution that, uh, or, or movement that can really speak life into this world, it is the church of Jesus Christ. The church has this high calling to choose life. Choose life. We have this high calling to be this life-giving community in this world. We must choose kingdom life. The kingdom life is hope-filled, okay? We can be hopeful because the kingdom is hope-filled. And with all that, with all that introduction this morning, I, I want to introduce our, our, our topic today, our, our passages today. Uh, we have three passages uh, that we're going to thread through this morning. We'll be in Deuteronomy chapter 30, 1 Corinthians 3, and then end with Matthew 13. Okay, uh, we are going to consider these topics of discernment and, and life and, and growth and God cultivating us. Okay. So let's get started. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30, if you don't mind, church. Deuteronomy 30. Uh, we're going to start with verse 11. Uh, where we're at right now is uh, we, we have Moses, uh, who's elderly at this point. Moses is the leader of the people of Israel. And Moses is, at the, he is near the end of his life. And what he's been doing uh, is he's been, he's been explaining the Torah, God's, God's law, God's prescribed way of doing things. He's been explaining all of this uh, to this new generation, the generation that gets to go into the promised land. And so after walking through everything, okay, Moses, he gives them a call to action here. And he tells them, guys, gals, be faithful. Be faithful to God. And what that means is keep his commands. So let's read it here. Deuteronomy 30 verse 11 is where we start. This command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. It is not in heaven so that you have to ask who will go up into heaven, get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it. And it is not across the sea, so that you have to ask, who will cross the sea, get it for us, and proclaim it to us, so that we may follow it. But the message is very near to you, in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may follow it. Moses is like the law. God's prescribed way of, of doing things. Guys, gals, this can be understood. It's not beyond your reach. The message is understandable. The message is close. It's near to you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Okay? This message is followable. I'm reminded of, of Romans 10. Because guess what? The, the gospel is understandable as, as well. The gospel is not beyond our intellectual ability. Romans 10, Paul says, if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? God doesn't give us these massive, complicated messages. Okay? It's near. It's in your mouth. It's, it's in your heart. And so Moses, he, he is telling the people, um, hey, hey, follow, follow the law. Follow the commands. They're, they're right here. You can, you can grab hold of them. Okay. You guys can do it. You got this. Okay. Then, then Moses makes this, this altar call. He, a choice needs to be made. 
Discernment is going to happen. He says, see, today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity. Moses has this suspicion that these people are, are stiff-necked, that they're, they're stubborn, all right, that they're, they're prone to having hard hearts. And Moses is simply simplifying it down to option A and option B here. You have a choice, Israel, life and prosperity or death and adversity. Choice A, choice B. The choice is yours. Verse 16. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, statutes and statutes and ordinances, so that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God may bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Okay, to be fair, this is actually a command from from Moses, but the choice is still theirs to make. All right. Love God. Walk in his ways, keep his commands, statutes, and ordinances. Okay, just he throws in the whole, like the whole thesaurus there. All these words, commands, statutes, ordinances, walk in his ways so that you may live and multiply, so that God may bless you in the land. Love God, walk with God, and live. Keep God's word close. Live well. Take good care of the land. The land's going to take care of you, all right? And when the land produces a good crop, you know, when, when you have all these, when you have abundance and blessings, guess what? Turn those blessings back up into praises. Worship God. Love on God. Walk with God and live. Okay, this is a continuous call to action. And, and I, I really want you to see the, the connection here uh, between uh, God the people and and the land god the people in and and the land here loving god worshiping god and working the land and living responsibly and enjoying the blessings loving god worshiping god working the land enjoying the blessings all of this overlaps it all connects choice a is the choice of life choice a if you pick choice A, okay, live, multiply, be fruitful, be blessed in the land, okay? Or choose option B. Choose option B, verse 17. But if your heart turns away and you do not listen and you are led astray to bow and worship to other gods and serve them, I tell you today that you will certainly perish and will not prolong your days in the land you are entering to possess across the Jordan. Many things in life can make us turn. Many distractions, okay? And, and yeah, like, yeah, we have slip, slip ups. We, we're sinful. We, we make mistakes every day. We, we sin every day. Um, but like the longevity, right? The turn, the, the whole big turn. It's like, it, it's like reverse repentance. Okay. Where the whole system starts to go sour. The whole head and the whole heart starts to turn sour. And, and, you know, if you turn, from the Lord. All right. If you stop listening, if 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 your eyes get cloudy, if you continue to get stubborn, your, your hearts are going to get petrified. 
You're going to wander off. You will, you will go astray. You'll end up in some idolatry. In short, if you take this path, it's going to lead to destruction. Now Moses, he, he brings it home. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today. Ancient covenants uh, usually required witnesses uh, to, uh, to observe the, the covenant-making process. All of creation, all of creation is witnessing this. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God, obey him, and remain faithful to him. For he is your life, and he will prolong your days as, as you live in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Choose life. Choose life. Right now, our culture is all about the here and now. We are addicted to fast. We're addicted to instant gratification. You know, dial-up internet would probably give half the country a heart attack right now. Way too slow, okay? Um, But notice what Moses is calling the people to. It's not a here and now type of decision making, okay? The decisions that they are to make, it's framed up by generational thinking. Choose life today, but also keep in mind of future generations. Choose life today so that you and your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God and remain faithful to Him, for He is your Life. This is like biblical platinum right here. If there is a verse you've been looking for to meditate on for for this month, this year, like if you're looking for a, a life verse, check this one out. Right? This is these are some great verses right here. So Israel Israel has to discern. They have to choose life, and that means choosing the life that is wrapped up in God. God God already loves Israel. You know, they don't have to earn God's love. All right? The the secret sauce of of blessings, it's it's rooted in the life-giving God. It's rooted in the life of God. And we say the same thing about church. God doesn't promise church will be easy or or pretty. But the call remains the same. We get to choose life. We get to choose life in God. As a community of believers, we choose life so that we may live, so that our future generations can live. And so the the broad brush application uh, today is this. Let's all choose life in God. Let's not turn away from God. Let's use the metaphor of the church as like a garden, if you don't mind. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 3. Paul uses some garden imagery here, and that's that's where we're picking the imagery up 
Paul, he says, uh, you know, Paul uh, chooses life and he plants seeds. Apollos, who, who's another church leader, he, he, he chooses life and he waters. But what's important is this. God is the one who brings the increase. God is the one who brings the increase. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but he who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his own reward according to his own labor, for we are all God's co-workers. The church is God's field, God's building. So there's a gazillion choices to make every single day. Many decisions are for ourselves. Many decisions are uh, uh, include others. And I think a, a living prayer as we as we think about these things is, is like this. Okay, God, I want to choose life today. Help me with my decisions, big or small. I understand sometimes I might be planting seeds throughout the day. Sometimes I might be watering throughout the day. I might be pulling weeds throughout the day. But you, God, you're the one who brings the growth. God, you bring the increase. I want to choose life, big or small. I want to speak life. I want to be like the tree planted by the water. I want to yield good fruit. God, God, you are the one who brings the growth. God gets the credit for all of the growth that we have in our life, in our spiritual walk. And I really do see the church as God's cultivated garden. The church has looked different over the last 2,000 years, but the gospel principle of choosing life in each age of the church, that has remained the same. Now, before we get to our third passage, I just want to make a note here. Um, If we use the imagery of the, the church as being like God's cultivated garden. We need to recognize that this garden is planted in a bigger biosphere. And that biosphere is the kingdom. Okay, the kingdom of of God. So let's talk about the kingdom. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God starts out small, but it grows from there. From Matthew 13 verses 21 and 23. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when grown, it's taller than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the sky may come and nest in its branches. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And in Palestine area, the mustard seed is the smallest commonly known Seed. The kingdom of God, it starts out small. It might seem insignificant, but it's going to grow. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. A pinch of leaven will work its way throughout 50 pounds of dough. Rest assured, the kingdom will have great impact, despite small beginnings. If you have a small decision in your life, but you're like, you know what? It's small, but I'm going to choose life in this decision. Those small decisions, they're not meaningless. They're, They're not wasted. 
God uses small decisions, small habits. God uses small, it might seem insignificant at the time, but God uses these things. He does. Don't rule them out. We can see the kingdom, the kingdom growing out of the small. These two parables that that we just read uh, here, uh, these are hope-filled parables. Hope-filled parables. And as we close today, I just want to say, let's choose kingdom life, the Jesus life, the the God life. The kingdom life is hope-filled. And we can be hopeful because the kingdom is hope-filled. And so, uh, you know, think of Israel and the new generation getting ready to, to enter into the promised land, and Moses is employing them to choose life. He's speaking to them as a big body of people. Uh, he's, he's saying, hey guys, choose life. Think generationally. Make decisions that are healthy and holistic for all of life. Think about the church, God's cultivated garden, a garden full of different plants, and each plant serves a different purpose and, and all of that. Each plant is beautiful in its own, but, but together as, as the big garden, it's, it's one unified, diverse garden. But as, that, as we are the garden, God is the one who, who brings the growth. God is the one who brings the increase to his beautiful church garden. And think beyond the church. Think uh, into the, the mystery of the kingdom of, of God. Kingdom movements, they, they can start small. They can, they can start insignificant. But they can, they can grow. They truly can. Dear church, let's... Make the choice today. Let's choose life. Let me admonish you. As you calibrate what you're going through right now in your life, maybe it's bills, you're considering pursuing education, maybe you're, you have some family issues, some health issues, uh, maybe you're worried about your kids, maybe you're, you're struggling with, with um the post office, I don't know. Like, but like in these decisions, choose, choose life. Choose life and prosperity. Choose life. Build your house on the rock and not the sand. God's kingdom, seek it out. Seek out God's righteousness in your own life, your family, your church, and culture, and all the earth. Many dimensions here, but through it all, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is the one who brings the growth. God is the giver of life. And you know, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, we teach as a church. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't know the true life yet. Okay? And that's... that's, Not to sound offensive, but it is. In Jesus Christ, we believe is the best life, the good life, 
the life of cultivation and growth. And it's not always easy. We're not saying being a Christian is easy. But if you're not a Christian, that's not your identity. That's not your label. If you're not a believer, thank you for hanging out with us today. But what what we want you to know is that the best life runs through the life of Jesus. And it's through God's Holy Spirit. He brings change. He brings transformation. And it's amazing. He brings healing. He brings wholeness. It truly is a miracle. And we want you to know about this. And there's so much more to say. And we would love to talk to you about it. If you want to reach out and contact us here at the church. But for everybody uh, watching, tuning in right now, God bless. We love you. Choose life. Amen.